welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is sponsored by Netting Pros. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specializes in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals is an official partner of the ABCA and continues to provide quality products and services to many high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Make sure to let CEO Will Miner know that the ABCA sent you. Now on to the podcast. Next up on the ABCA podcast is 12U National Team Manager, Orange Lutheran Associate Head Coach, and Coastal Empire Baseball owner, RJ Farrell. Coach Farrell had an exciting summer leading the USA team to a World Cup championship. Team USA had a great tournament going 8-0. He's been a part of multiple championship teams with USA Baseball. Coach Farrell is also part of one of the best high school programs in the country at Orange Lutheran. In this episode, we cover the 12U National Team Championship run, the process for selecting the national team, how he and Eric Borba develop a championship culture at Orange Lutheran, and all things player development. Let's welcome Coach Farrell to the podcast. How are you? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm tremendous. Happy for you. Yeah, it was it was a fun run. It's good to see the 15s do their thing, and hopefully the 18s take the trifecta, man. USA is hot, hot, yeah. hot, 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 hot. Heck, I probably saw you more than I saw anybody else this summer. Yeah, I mean, we crossed paths a few times. It was it was nice. Yeah. Some summers we don't see anybody, like, and then some summers you run in the same person over and over. It's crazy. It's good. I love. I loved being over there. I mean, you guys were going. The older guys were going. The college guys were going. It was. It was good stuff. It's a good time to be over there. Yeah, I think. I hope. Hopefully, that's something that they maybe continue trying to keep the multiple age groups together like that. Yeah. Like the the environment around the whole place was yeah. crazy. It was. It was cool. And the cool thing for me is, you know, you get a chance to watch your guys, but then you get a chance to go watch the high school guys for a little bit, and then you get to watch the college guys and. Um, Drew Breezy and I talked about that, just the differences with, you know, development and kids, you know, your best 12-year-olds may not make it to the 15U team. I think he said that only two of the kids that were on the 12U team made it to the 15U team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just amazing to think about the the type of development, but also makes your guys' job tougher, too, with that 12U team because, you know, you don't worry about the future you're worrying about what's going on right now with those kids. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, you just never know, even as a coach, like we don't ever know what our assignment is the next year. So when you get, when you get an opportunity to be with players that have an opportunity to do something at that level, yep. um, you got to give them the experience. Cause like you said, it could just be their one shot. That's yeah. the, and that, that's what makes it so special and yep. a little different than kind of anything else we do, you know? Yeah. Here with RJ Farrell, uh, associate head coach, Orange Lutheran, but 12U USA uh, world champ manager. So RJ, thanks for jumping on with me. Hey man, thank you. Appreciate being here. And it, uh, it got a little bit of goosebumps there when you said world cup manager. I, it's so good, man. It's so good. I always pull for the infield guys. So it's, it's fun to, to watch our infield guys do well. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a tight knit community we have of us, uh, of those guys that like to use the web and the dirt. So, uh, yeah, it's always fun to catch up with you and, you know, everyone around the country. You've been with USA baseball for a while now, just for anybody that doesn't know, like how you got involved, why, you know, why you got involved. Cause you've been with USA baseball for a while now. Yeah, this is, I think this was my ninth or 10th summer. I think it's, it's, uh, <laughs> 
I'm starting to uh, act like I know what I'm doing, I guess. Um, my, my entrance into USA baseball was really kind of a fluke. Um, there was an event being held here in Southern California, um, in LA at the urban youth Academy. And there was a late no show a guy from the South. I can't remember if it was a flight issue, family issue for whatever reason, um, a coach from the South couldn't make it. And guys here like, Hey, we got a guy pretty local. He'll come down and work for the weekend. I got the call said yes. And, you know, later that summer I was at another event and then another event. And then the next summer I got called again. Um, so really it was just kind of, I answered my phone at the right time and then, you know, went to work uh, once I, once I got the opportunity. This is your USA baseball's first look at the kids, right? 12 U. I mean, there, there's nothing before 12 U, correct? Yeah, we have, um, we have the 10 U futures invitational, which is, uh, you know, kind of a, it's not something that really gets evaluated or, or scouted, I guess. Um, we do have task force members there just to kind of have eyes around in case there's a possible diamond there that could be a go right now. Um, but yeah, 12U is our first is our first uh, opportunity to see these young men. Typically, it starts at the 11U NTIS, which is held in Cary. Um, and that's where we kind of start building reports on these guys. It's uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of a unique process being that they, these young men are so young. Um, you know, there's no history on these kids. We're really just seeing them raw, how much they love baseball and like what they're doing. It's, it's so pure. Um, and then when we get to the end stages of it to see the talent level of these young men uh, that make it through, it's pretty, it's pretty special. I know baseball is in an okay place in our country. We're going to be good for a while. Yeah. USA baseball is hot, but these are long days for those kids. You know, I was over there during the trials with you guys. I, I came over and filmed some of the warm-up stuff, but you guys were going all day. For anybody who doesn't know your guys' schedule, like that's a lot for a 12-year-old kid to have to get through that schedule. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I think it's a lot for a 15U and 18U because, to be honest, we, we kind of keep the same type of uh, model, if you will. Obviously, it's got to be skewed. It's got to be skewed for a 12-year-old compared to a 17-year-old. Um, but a typical day for us, um, you know, we're up, we're up at whatever the wake up call is that day for a team meeting and breakfast, uh, back to our rooms, possible position meetings before we leave for the field, uh, head to the field. Um, you know, depending on the day, you got your bullpens running on one side, you got your, you know, you got your infield work, outfield work going all over, um, circle back in for a little meeting again, going to BP sessions. Uh, get off our feet, get some lunch, um, BP sessions again, go into some sort of scrimmage inter-squad game, and then, yeah, dinner, team meeting, um, you know, hopefully some sort of USA-focused talk, speaker, something like that at the end of the night. And then, uh, you know, by 9, 9.30, lights out is a pretty easy thing for these young men because they they're ready to go to sleep. And that's by design, correct? Because you get to international play. You guys played eight games in, in eight days. You're eight and oh. I mean, that's by design, right? Because you're going to have to figure out, like, immediately who, who can handle that type of stress and scheduling, correct? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think especially especially with these these this youngest group that we have at USA Baseball, um, by the time they get to us, we see the talent level, right? I mean, the they're all dudes. They all can play. Um, so now it's a matter of who's got a, maybe a little bit more maturity factor to them, um, who can handle themselves when it's not quite going the way that they're accustomed to. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a dad of a seven and a five-year-old. Like I can only imagine what either of them are going to be like at 12 and, you know, the type of length of leash that I will have and allow them to have at 12, you know, um, a lot of these kids, they don't really spend the night at friends' houses yet, or they're not, you know what I mean? They're just, they're just young puppies in this game so we do have to kind of um you know shock the system a little bit just to see who can handle it because you know it's a learning curve on both sides um but ultimately like this summer my staff and i were tasked to go win a gold medal and uh, we had to vet those kids as best as we could to make sure we had the right 18 uh, getting on the plane and i love your guys staff just give your staff some love because I, I love the guys that are on your staff and the guys that Man, helped out too it's not just the the four of you there was multiple guys over helping out trying to make that thing work yeah i mean um to be honest if, if it's not for all the others uh there's it's my my job is impossible um 
you know, it goes it goes to our operations team, you know, Will Schwar, um, Lauren Key, just handling stuff behind the scenes. You know, Ben Kelly showed up late to after uh, he was done with his his other assignment, showed up to travel with us. I mean, the what they do organizationally for us, um, calendar wise, making sure everything's in line. I mean, they allow us to coach and be and be baseball guys as much as we can. Um, our trial staff, you know, comprise of guys from all over the country. Um, a few that I've worked with before, a couple of guys get, getting their first shot. I mean, the, the baseball knowledge that's coming out of these guys that these 12-year-olds are getting to get, it's it's crazy. And what makes these guys special is their ability to talk about it in such a simple manner to where a 12-year-old baseball player can understand what we're trying to say. Um, you know, and then you get to you get to the actual staff and I mean I couldn't have been I couldn't have been set up in a better spot you know we had a couple you know uh, Eric Johnson was supposed to be on staff um, you know unfortunately he he had a shoulder injury had to have surgery so he couldn't go so you know I was able to add Troy Gerlock out of Arizona who I mean come on want to talk when you want to catching and hitting going um, I mean there's really nobody that you can just sit down and, and learn from better than him also out of Arizona I had Tanner Vesley who is a, what, I don't know. He's, he's a veteran more. USA guy too. He's got so many gold medals. I don't even know USA what to do. Yep. Um, and, you know, his ability to work with, to work with base runners and outfielders. I mean, it's second to none. Um, we had Seth Kenny out of Chicago, um, our pitching coach, who I learned so much from this summer, just watching him and the ability, the way he attacks things and what he sees. Um, good pedigree really too because he came from the college side but he's been on the youth side forever now so he he's seen yeah. youth kids up close for a long time now out of chicago yeah he's he's he knows everybody it's it's he's one of those guys he's, he he has a comp to everybody yeah um they made my job easy man like i just had to go manage games they hand they handled the rest of it it was uh it was a really good group we clicked um like i said it's top to bottom it's it's the whole it's the people you see it's the people you don't see that make this thing work and you had hard decisions. It wasn't like, you know, I was there the last day before you're going to make decisions. You guys were still trying to grind it out to figure out who was going to go on that last day. Oh, for sure. We went into the last day. You know, I can be, we had about two, maybe three spots, and we had eight to ten guys that were legitimate, like, you know, could could make it happen. Um, you know, we ended up going with the puzzle we did. But I try and say, like, whether it's this age group or the older is like at that, when you're in that final 36 or 40, whatever it is, like we, there's not one kid being cut from, from those things. Right. It's a, it's a selection because however the staff is looking at the puzzle that they want to take, right. That's what it comes down to. There's a lot of times where you, you know, kid can have a great tournament, but Hey, coach Farrell wanted to take an additional left-handed arm. Well, if you're a right-handed outfielder, you're out at that point, right? So it's not like you did anything wrong. Um, it's uh, it's just a matter of what it what they think it's going to take to win that tournament. And um, yeah, I mean, we had we had some really difficult decisions to make. Um, you know, we we kept some really really good baseball players home, and that's never easy to do. But uh, yeah, from from how many yeah. dual guys? Because I mean, it's a, you can only take twenty. So how many dual? pitcher position players did you we get? had eight we could only take 18 um and we had we had 12 guys that could pitch and 10 of them were two-way guys yeah yeah man without really seeing the field did you feel pretty comfortable going into it with what you were taking um i knew we were going to be offensive um you know it always just comes down to pitching right like did we felt like we had a very deep pitching staff. Um, we didn't have maybe some of the electric type arms that have been at the 12 U's in the past in terms of just uh, upper end velocity and the ability to land like a change up. We kind of had just guys that were just battle strike throwers. Um, so we knew that going in and we were perfectly comfortable with it. Um, we had a plan in place to how we were going to use our arms because we just, we knew the next guy was going to be able to go. And if someone didn't have, have it that day that we'll just move on. Um, but we knew, we knew based off of the class that we were seeing, we were going to have to put together a lineup that was going to be, that was going to be really, really long. Um, and I think we were, we were able to do that. Um, it's crazy. You see some of these arms out of these other countries, man, they're 12, but it's 87, eight, you know, or 77, 80 miles an hour. 
and it's got cut and sink and it's like man you know like okay let's hope hopefully we can get to a bullpen today because uh uh, yeah, some of those frontline guys are really impressive. I mean, what was the message of those guys? I mean, this is probably their first real experience with any sort of tournament like this. What was your message to those guys? Uh, well, first it was got because none of these none of these guys ever sit, yeah. right? They they play every inning. If they if they pitched they pitched the Saturday morning game, they're playing short Saturday afternoon, and on Sunday they're playing third and probably coming into relief again, right? However, it were. So um, that was the first thing is understanding we got them to buy into the fact that we have a plan for each game. And our job over here is to win baseball games. Um, I think what paid off, what really helped in terms of guys buying into that was early in the tournament. Um, we had some, I know it looks like we blew, I mean, we did kind of blow some teams out, but early in games, it was really tight. So we made a lot of moves early in the tournament getting guys off of the bench. So they saw like, oh, my job, can't, like, I could really have an opportunity to impact the game at any time. Um, so I think that that helped us, that helped us really good there. But all through trials, we talked about it, um, you know, and that was, you know, really one of the decision factors probably with a lot of guys is, can he, do we think he can handle not being the everyday guy? Can he be a role guy? Um, and, can he not, right? Like, because we, we couldn't take somebody over there that we didn't think would be able to vibe with that if we thought that might be where they were going to be asked to do. So, yeah, it was constant, man. It was constant conversation, um, build up, team first. Uh, we use the analogy of like a clock or a, an engine. Like, everything has to be going together. If we have one thing comes off, that car breaks down, the clock stops working. So, um, man, I got to give to these these kids, man. They bought in, and it was it was so much fun to be with them. Re-entry with that age group? Do you have a re-enter? Yeah, there's a re-entry, so that helps. Yeah, big time. And I, yeah. I mean, I again, like I said, I I love going to watch you guys work. Just the whole thing. Colin Anderson was the one. You know, I I still go off my eyes of being a college coach, and I'm like, okay, I never really went to many 12U games. I did the Junior right. Futures games for PBR a couple years, but. Colin Anderson was the one guy that I circled just with his frame. I'm like, okay, he's still wiry, but he had a great tournament for you guys. He did. He did. Um, you know, second game, second game of the tournament or after the first game, we're like, Hey man, I brought him and two other guys together. I was like, look, you guys are all in the same little bubble right now. Like depending on the arm, depending on the game, like just be ready to go. And, uh, I think he took that as I need to start hitting a lot of home runs um, because he, once, once we had that conversation, he really didn't even, it wasn't even a second thought to take him out of the lineup. Um, he is, he's truly special now. And, you know, you mentioned frame. Like, I think that's a frame that projects. Yes. Um, I think it, I think it's a swing that there's really still happen. a lot more room for growth yeah. with his frame now, you know, will he get, but he, he just looks like at that age, like he's still going to get taller Yep. He's still going to fill out, but he has some present strength and athleticism now for a 12-year-old kid. It's just really impressive to see. Yeah, and then, you know, his his bat-to-ball skill was just – and it wasn't just – I mean, he was taking pitches that he didn't like. He was he was sitting in, like, you know, we had different types of approaches against different guys, obviously, and he's one of those guys that at 12 is like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. This is So I'll, I'm going to let that one go because you guys are saying I'm getting this one later, and when he got it, he just didn't miss. He was a – and he played a really good defense too. Like he, I mean, he was all around just, I mean, he was really, really impressive. You think that helps you guys using the USA bats and then you go to international play and they, they heat back up, right? You can use the hot bats yeah. in international play. Yeah. I mean like Colin Anderson, we had multiple balls up with the USA bat of 90 miles an hour. So we knew when he got the other bat, like, um, but the other side is those, those teams are all, physical and and they're doing their thing and they're they're using those bats so that's just yeah wbsc <laughs> determines which bats we use that's not a usa thing <laughs> what are some other things and conversations that you have to have with them you know you talked about kids have never sat before these are the best of the best but may go to international play and you're going to face a kid maybe throwing harder than you've ever seen before what are some of those other other conversations with them about how to handle that we, we, we tried to prep them as much as we could with like adversity, adversity, adversity. Like you've, you've probably never felt it before and it's okay. 
Um, so, I mean, you were around, you were around a little bit of trials. And then even when we got into training, like we, we made, we did everything we could to make them fail before we left. Um, that way, when it happened, we could coach them through it as much as we could. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you get over there and all of a sudden Taipei is throwing a three quarter lefty, who's throwing a breaking ball that, I mean, you can say it's coming from, you know, two o'clock or whatever, but it's like two thirty plus and it's, you know, hammering down on your back foot. Um, yeah, they've never seen it. Um, so it's just a matter of just getting them to buy in, buy in, buy in, um, you know, this team offensively bought into just taking the ball backside and good things happened with us that way. Um, and our pitchers were told just command zone. And if you get hit, you get hit. Like these, the other teams are really good too. So you just do your job. Um, but it was, you know, I mean, we had to deal with a lot with, um, with the COVID restrictions we had to deal with the quarantine we had to deal with, um, you know, this group, we kind of, I think the quarantine actually kind of bonded us together because we couldn't, we couldn't leave our little area for three days. Um, running practices in the hallway i got video i'll send you some video man uh we got like the, the throw gloves on and we're going through like double plays and everything in there we got smush balls we're hitting with our hands just to get them doing something um yeah note to the crazy coaching staff they sent but yeah it was i think we bonded through that so and this is fourth championship for the 12 views correct so how many yeah. of those have you been a part of uh on the world cup side i've been a part of two um and copabe so our qualifier uh pan ams i've got i've been one so this was my this was my third gold medal yeah team's pretty similar um this one this one was definitely led by the offense um 18 was led by the offense 17 was could pitch 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 um I say that and then I'm starting to think like now where these guys are committed to, to go and pitch. I'm like, what am I talking about? Yeah, they're, they're good. Um, <laughs> this was the team though, that probably lacked the most velocity on the mound. I mean, we still had two guys that could run it up there, but we ended up going with kind of just the, the strike throwers and it worked for us this year. I mean, you've seen it firsthand. We talked about that before we got on. I mean, you've seen it firsthand that maybe the, the best 12-year-old doesn't always end up being the best 15 or best 18-year-old, mm -hmm. but that's not your responsibility and that's not your job. But you've seen all of that firsthand. Like maybe a kid got cut from the 12U team, makes the 15-year, 18-U team because he's just not there yet. Yeah, 100%. I think um, obviously there's no doubting physicality is an aspect of our game at all levels. Um, but especially at 12 years old, like you got kids that are all over the spectrum of how they started that, that process yet or not. Um, so, but yeah, your middle a, guys weren't very physical. I mean, from, no. as far as height, yeah. no, I no, mean, no, no, your, they, your they, middle they guys were, were teeny guys that could do everything. That was the cool thing. And I'm a middle guy. Yeah. So I appreciate, right. I appreciate guys that age that can do everything. They could make every play they needed to make as a middle infielder. When that we knew so like in terms of those two specifically uh tk and, and max um we knew that the rest of our offense was going to be really strong and they were like max our second baseman won the home run derby out at futures right like he's he can hit um but we wanted and i'm a middle guy right like we talked infield like my middle was good the middle we were putting out there was going to pick everything yeah. they were going to be the best middle in the world and that's what that's what we went for with them um, but yeah, physicality plays and we just never know if these guys are ever going to get an opportunity to put on the USA Jersey again. We just, we really don't know. Um, so I feel like it's my, my job. I mean, I've been working with the 12s for a long time now, um, is to ingrain in them what the USA way is, show them some things, hear things about the game and life differently that hopefully they can carry back to their hometowns and, and work through it that way. And man, if they get a shot again, or one of their friends get a shot again, Great. If not, man, hopefully they can look back and be like, that experience was second to none. What is the USA way? I mean, when you hear that and you say that compared to maybe what they haven't participated in or heard before you, they get to you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty dynamic. Like we're looking for, we're looking for young men who are uncommon in terms of the way that they go about their work and the way that they treat people because there's going to be plenty of talented players out there that we can select from and find and put good teams together, but it's 
personally, like when I'm looking at it and I'm, you know, maybe looking at player A and player B and I'm talking, all right, who's the USA guy? Um, how are they, how are they acting in the parking lot? So I'm watching you from the tower already. Like, is your, are you being rude to your mom and dad after a bad game? Right? Like the, the custodian or the field maintenance people who are working around, are you like making their job harder? Are you helping them out? Yeah. So, I mean, we're really, we're just trying to evaluate everything, man. Um, you know, character, character plays and to be a good person, it shouldn't be that difficult of a thing, but we got to make sure that we're taking good people with us. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to other people's homelands, right? We're going to their countries and we have to represent our our country properly. We can't cause any incidences over there. Right. And we need, we need to know that the people that we're taking with us are, are good people. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we, we're watching everything personally. Like I said, I'm watching, I'm watching everything I can waiting for you to make a mistake. Really. I know that sounds bad, but I'm, I'm really waiting for you to make a mistake. It's kind of going back to like when I was a college recruiter, right? Like, why am I going to bring you into my family? What's the reason I don't want to bring you to my school? And it's kind of the same, the same thing. Um, you know, I would tell our players that all the time. I'm like, the pro scouts are trying to look for reasons to cross you off. They have a huge job. There's a lot mm -hmm. of, a lot of good players out there. So they're looking for reasons to not draft you. So give yourself the best opportunity to get, get a chance. Yeah. Like my, my line, the guys is we only play the game for so long. Yeah. Um, don't let something off the field stop you from playing as long as you can. Like make it be baseball, right? The game passed you up. You got, it got too fast, whatever it is. That's fine. We can all deal. I think we all can look in the mirror. It happened to me. It happened right. One day I looked in the mirror. I was like, I'm done. Right. Um, but I think if I had looked in the mirror and gone like, man, I did this, this, and this off the field that caused me to not play anymore. I'd probably be regretting some things. Did you guys call pitches for your guys? Yes. Uh, every yeah, pitch. Called yeah, just, a, just about every pitch. We had a couple guys that got into rhythm that we let go. Um, but yeah, we, we dictated everything from the dugout. Yeah. I mean, without really seeing those teams, how much prep work could you guys do without really seeing the teams that you're going to play? Um, coach, I am nuts when it comes to scouting. <laughs> so I don't care if I'm doing 12 year olds. Could, could you find, could you find film on, on the guys uh, that you're going to play? A little, little bit of film. I'm not going to lie. I did look, um, <laughs> I would have done the same thing. Uh, but we would, I would have the done games the over there. Are all they're all televised, so we can we can go back and um, you know go through the streams, and then um, when when we had the opportunity, we were sitting on on fields watching the other teams play. Um, yeah, I am. You know, ask ask Coach Borba, my my, my head coach Olu. I am a little bit over the top when it comes to uh, to scouting and having a report when we walk on a field. And yeah, I took that same approach with these uh, with these twelve year olds. I mean, are there other similarities with how you're handling your Orange Lutheran guys and the 12 you guys? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, you got to, I don't want to say dummy down, but you got to lessen some of the things, obviously. But in terms of like our uh, our infield routines that we were going through, like pregame and practice, pretty much the same. Our BP routines, um, when we weren't, when we get over there, you only get 20 minutes for BP, but like our other routines, very similar to the way our high schools are running it. Um, tried to keep it at that clip. I think one, we as coaches, that's where we're comfortable working at, at that, okay, this is what we like. So if we change stuff and we're kind of iffy, then the kids are gonna be like, well, what do we got? If we're just like, hey, this is how it's done. They just follow the lead. So yeah, we, it. I ran it just, just about as we would here. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, how much yeah. does it help you with Orange Lutheran, the type of schedule that you guys play? I mean, you guys flew all the way out to Cary and played in the national high school tournament. How much does it help you in that setting? Because you're already playing a really competitive high school schedule. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fun. Like, I'm, I don't, I don't know. I pinch myself sometimes. I'm, I don't know how, like, I got the opportunity to, you know, coach it. You know, I, I believe one of the best high school baseball programs in the country. I, I have a really, really good job here. Um, Got, got in with USA and have been able to work with some of the top athletes in the country at the national level. Like, um, yeah, I think they kind of both play off of each other, but maybe more importantly, it's the people that I've met through it um, on the USA side or then on the high school side. And we get to travel around and be around some of the other high school programs and see how they do it. And you know how it is, man. Like you get baseball guys in a room. We're not really hiding anything. We're good with sharing stuff. So um, 
yeah, I think that's probably where the most of my growth has come is just from sitting down with guys like you or wherever we're at and just talking shop. And next thing you know, you know, you got a new idea. I mean, what has Eric Borba meant to your career? Huh. Man, he, uh, he gave me my first, my first coaching gig out of college at De La Salle. Um, then he, you know, he took the Orange Lutheran job. I stayed and coached in college for a couple years. You know how that goes. I was done there. Um, that was back in the recession. So the, I lost my house when I lost my college job. Uh, he, he gave me a spot to work for a year again um, down at Orange Lutheran. So I moved down to Southern California. Then he, uh, you know, when ranch, when I took a head job for seven years after that, and he, you know, he gave me an awesome recommendation to go there and do that. He's actually the one who called, called me that day that uh, USA was looking for a guy here at Urban Youth. He's the one that called and got me there. And then, you know, now I'm back with him, back with him here. Um, yeah, he's, he's been a very integral part of, of my growth and my, my career and, um, yeah, it gets kind of emotional thinking about, you know, had had him and I not crossed paths where, you know, where I could be. I don't know. But uh, fortunately, God put us in the in the right lane. And uh, it's been great. He's one of my best friends, if not my best friend. He was the officiant of my wedding. So, yeah, we go our families go way back. So and to be able to coach his son now is I was going to ask you, do you take a little pressure off him having to coach Casey? Yeah, I think so. Because he, so. he said it in Cary. I asked him that when yeah. I interviewed him out in Cary, and I asked him about the father-son relationship, and he was like, hey, my assistants handle most of yeah. Casey's day-to-day stuff. Yeah, yeah. Me and, me and Casey basically just hang out together. Um, I let him I let him have his, his dad talk time when he needs to, you know, talk about his dad, because all teenagers need to talk about their dad. Um, but he they, they actually do it. They work really well together. Um, you know, I've known Casey since he was two, so... Um, it's cool to see the type of player he's turned out to be. And I mean, really good left side of the infield. I mean, for any, I'd put those guys up against the college left side of the infield, what you had at Orange Lutheran this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, last we last year, Mikey Romero, it's short the year before Justin Creasio, it's short, you know, Casey locking it down at third, both years. It was, uh, it was really fun to watch. Um, kind of cool going into this year because, we graduated like I got this whole new group of infielders to get to work with, man. Um, super Where are talented. you going to start with the new guys? Where are you going to start with those new infielders? Uh, so we we started last week, uh, last week, the sixth. The sixth was our first day of throwing. And um, we have literally we were going throwing program. Right. This is how we play catch because um, our throwing program, by the time you're done with it, you're supposed to be really sweaty and have made every play simulated every play and that's something they don't ever do right they just throw to get the arm loose we throw to get better um so we've gone through that and then we had one day uh where we started talking hip hinge um and heel toe connection with with ball glove strike and that's where we're at and it's i think it's the it's those basics that they have to get because by the time in a couple weeks we start adding on they got to know when I'm saying, Hey, your hip hinge in the two lane is, is coming out early. They need to know what I mean, even if they can't correct it yet. So yeah, it's all terminology right now, all super, super basic, fundamental based, basic for what I consider basic fundamental base. Um, and then tomorrow or sorry, today we'll be back out on the field. Um, it's going to be the first time the couple returners get to start teaching a little bit. Now Love I'm going to gauge kind of where they're at, right? What do you guys really remember? What'd you forget? Love it. <laughs> What's the volume first day out, out of the shoot, you know, assuming guys maybe haven't played catch in a while. What's volume for those guys throwing first day out of the shoot? Yeah. So we, um, we have a plan. We have a throwing plan in place before they get here. Like in terms of where your arm should be. Um, that way we don't have to, um, but you know how it is day one. You got to see how they're actually moving, right? Um, so their volume, our, our throwing program lasts about 17 minutes-ish. Um, that's including our our rundowns, our flips, our picks, all that. Like, I, that's all included. Um, and we go, yeah, they'll probably get, depending on how that arm feels that day, I let them work to the long toss distance that they choose. Um, if a guy all of a sudden doesn't long toss for four days in a row, we got a problem. 
but I think the arm, you know, Alan, right? The arm's going to tell you what the arm wants to do that day and the body's going to let him know. So I let them kind of work out. So their, their long, their long toss volume is really individualized. Um, but in terms of each skill set, it's four, it's three to five throws or reps. Um, and we have, we have eight, depending on the day, we have eight to 11 skill sets. So full, full J band circuit before they start throwing. Yeah. Yep. And that's kind of individualized a little bit. Um, I like players kind of decide what they like, what they don't. Um, if they're a pitcher though, like, so they're a two-way guy, they always start with my pitching coach and they go through that routine before they come to us. So I have a, I have a little different infield throwing program for those guys. Um, that's a big communication thing between coach Hall and myself. Um, how do you manage that in season with your two-way guys with their, with their pitching work and their infield work? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's 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 load based off of what they. If fortunately here we haven't really had any starters that have been in field guys. A few years ago we had Max Bradjic, um, but we kind of just played him at first or DH'd him. Right, that just took care of that. Um, you know, more of our guys right now that we could see possibly being two ways are going to be relievers. Um, so you know, they're short spurt guys out of the pen. So we're just training the arm to be able to do that. Um, they just got to be able to maintain feel with, with your yeah. bullpen two-way guys. You just got to give them a little bit off the slope every once in a while so mm -hmm. that they don't lose their feel. Yeah, especially like if they're going to be a primary infielder, like yeah. you got to be able to you got to be able to throw from the holes. Your angles still have to be good with our arms. So like, you know, they, exactly. They just got to get down the slope, feel that. So if if they get called on, right. What'd you think of the infield hot stove? It was great, man. It was great. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun stuff. It's uh it's it's crazy. You get in there, you start talking, and it's like, dude, we could do this for <laughs> hours. I uh, felt bad. I the rookie mentorship. They didn't we do pre-stuff with with the hotel. So the McCormick place, we do our pre-meeting, you know, two, multiple days. We're, we're there by Sunday before, and we have our first meeting with everybody on that Monday and they didn't let me know that they were going to lock up the the parking lots. So the rookie mentorship meeting went till after midnight on Thursday night because I was like, this is great. We're in a good flow. We're just going to keep going. Well, I get a call from somebody who's like, hey, I'm locked in the parking lot. So I was trying to put this fire out till like three o'clock in the morning. Luckily, I went down to the front desk and they they sent somebody over there to get him out. But I, finally, I was like, hey, you can come sleep in my room if you need to. Like, if, if, if I was like, but I didn't know. So that's why we shut things down a little bit earlier the next couple of nights. Because yeah. I was like, I don't want anybody getting locked into the parking lots. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Being able to get where you're supposed to go is good. But <laughs> I thought it was great, man. Um, you know, just hearing the way different guys say the same thing differently or look at something a little differently and have their opinion on it. Like, it, it's awesome, man. The, the, the hot stoves are great. You know, you you know, there's, you can have different reasons to be at the coaching convention. Right. And if you're looking to, if you're looking to build and learn and network, you know, besides just the casual organic stuff that happens in the hallways, which I advise everyone getting those when they're happening, cause they're great. Um, the hot stoves are hot stoves are, you know, amazing. Unless you have to listen to me talk and then stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, so when you get the whole team together, then at orange Lutheran, what's the first team stuff you guys start with? Um, so you're talking like when we finally build the varsity team out or yeah, when you're finally all together. Yeah, we will, uh, first, 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 first thing we'll do is we'll get in the classroom and we will make sure we understand our different offensive calls. All right. This is the system. Does anyone from the fall have questions with what any of this means? Um, and then we will continue to crush PFPs, bunt D's first and thirds like that has to be locked in. Cause we don't want to really work on that all year. I'll be honest. Like, I don't, I don't want to do, I'm not the coach that does first and thirds and bunties four times a week. Like I'm not, we got, I have, I literally can probably have 30 bunt defenses, but we use two, right? Like let's just be really good at the two or three we're going to use, make sure we got those and our timing and our picks off of them. Um, but that's where the throwing like program comes into play too. Cause if you're playing catch with a purpose, like you're basically handling the ball in your catch play. Exactly. So it should take care of a lot of the stuff that you don't need to do during the season. 
I, I agree. I agree. You know, and then I think it also changes though too, like maybe that first week, but like it's get week three or week four into a year. It's like, oh, all of a sudden we're doing we're doing X, Y, and Z a lot. We're not doing A, B, C at all. Okay, well, that's what this team looks like this year. So A, B, and C, they're gone. Like, all right, we're going to go X, Y, Z and be really good at that. Um, but we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, California, our, our rules are a little bit different, right? Like we're going already. We don't really have to shut it down. Um, we'll get to start playing some games here. Um, you know, not under a high school flag, but under a club flag. Um, and we hope by the time we get to December, like, you know, it's, it's pretty much weeded out. Like, and then when we kind of have an idea of who's where, that's when we'll start adding, like, I call it baseball 304, like Aeronauts 101 and 201. And we got to be really good at that. And then once we, all right, dude, you're playing at this level. This is your role. This is what we're doing. Like now we start implementing how do we do different things off of looks? What are the different timings? Right now, if you see us in the fall, everything's going to look pretty vanilla. Um, but that's just because we have to understand what step one is. Um, and I don't need I don't need Brett Kay or John Weber seeing all our all our plays anyway. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hide those as long as I can. Your guys' high school schedules. I think much different than any other state, correct? Because it seems like when you guys are shut down, everybody else is going. And when you guys are going, everybody else is shut down. Yeah, I mean, technically, technically, we only have three weeks in the summer where we have no contact, um, a dead period. And then we can practice. We can practice outside of that all we want. Um, we, you can't play under your high school name. Um, but we all have every every program out here has a club that they play under, so they're not they're not um, you know coaching their high school team, um, and that's pretty much standard across the board with all programs. And that'll go up till you know last week of January, first week of February when we kick off we kick off season. I think second week of February this year. So love it. Do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have something you thought was going to sidetrack you, but looking back now was one of the best things that happened to you? Well, yeah, for sure. Um, so when I was coaching in college, um, I was at an NAIA school and um, I, I was also taking, I was also getting my master's at that time in sport administration. So I, uh, I was a finalist for a junior college job up in Oregon. I was currently, I was in Northern California. I was a finalist for a JUCO job in Oregon. You go up there, everything was good. And the guy's like, look, man, I, love you, but we got to have, got to have someone with a master's already. Like he's got to be done with his program. I was like, I get it. No problem. At that time, I thought it was just a great experience going through an interview like that. Um, I get back, I get back home to Northern California and my head coach at the time there hands me my paperwork and says, um, you're not committed to my program. And I'm like, isn't this the job? Isn't this what we're supposed to do? Like you're supposed to. Yeah. So he, yeah. So I lost my job. Um, like I said, I mentioned a little briefly, that was during the recession, lost my, lost my hat, lost everything. Um, had a short sale and everything. Um, and that's when, that's when I got to come back home to California or come back down to Southern California, reconnect with Borba. Um, and really like the orange Lutheran thing has been great. I can't, I can't, you know, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if USA ever happens for me. I don't know if I'm at orange Lutheran, if, if I continued to work at that school, right? I don't. I just don't know what the trajectory would have been, um, but I know now what happened. So that was a time when it got really scary for my my wife and I. We were married for like a year and a half, two years at that time, and we're like, "What? What are we doing?" Um, but yeah, how, how do you get off the mat? Because some people don't. A situation like that, you see it all the time. Yeah. A lot of people don't um, get off the mat after that. I gotta be. I gotta be honest. Um, my my wife looked at me and said you told me you told me you were going to coach baseball i go yeah and she goes you don't have a teaching degree i go i know she goes if we're going to make this work right what do we got to do and i was like i i don't know and she goes we're 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 making the move we're making the move we're going down we're getting you back home where you know everybody cuz i was in northern cal i grew up in southern california and my northern california connections were just happening as I lived up there. Right. Um, so we're getting you, we're, we're going. And next thing you know, my wife drops a very well-paying job and she goes, you got a dream and a passion and I believe in you. Let's go. And 
next thing you know, we packed up and head down here. And yeah, I went through, you know, the the whole gamut of emotions. And yeah, now, now I'm sitting here talking with you and life is good, man. What are your day-to-day -day responsibilities outside of baseball at Orange Lutheran? So I, uh, I work in the athletic department. I, um, I am kind of a liaison between the business office or HR department and all them and athletics. Um, cause all of our coaches are paid hourly. Um, so I do all the payroll stuff for our coaches. Um, I handle CIF contracts with other schools. Um, yeah, any, any sort of incoming outcoming of students comes through my office. So, um, yeah, I, I just kind of, I tell, I tell my AD, I do everything he doesn't want to do. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good gig. I work about, you know, four or five hours a day in the office and then four or five hours a day on the field. If I, if I need to swing a few extra hours on the field, it's all good. If I need to be a couple extra hours here, it's good. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good gig. I did a Zoom chat with a JMU Masters or a Com 100 class last week, and that was one of my tips to them. I'm like, find out whatever your head coach or your oversight doesn't want to do, and take that off their plate. I mean, it'll keep yeah. you around forever. Yeah, they they they're really happy when you're doing stuff they don't want to do. Yes, find out so. what they don't like, and take that off their plate. Yeah, I'm I'm in a good spot because as the associate head baseball coach, like. I don't really have to deal with the stuff that Eric has to go do. And, you know, it's kind of like number two, three, four in the athletic department. Like I got to just have my little niche on both sides where people, you know, people enjoy, uh, you know, I make people happy. I don't have to really make too many people mad. So it makes my life easy. Do you have any evening or morning routines? I know you have young kids, so it's probably impossible to get anything done in the morning outside of trying to get your kids. Actually, right. No, but... my, my morning routine is actually really, really sound. Um, I get up, I get up between, I let myself wake up though. I don't, I don't force myself to wake up. So that's typically five thirty, six o'clock in that range. Uh, make sure I get some hydration in me, um, just some water. And then I come upstairs and I go through about 15, 20 minutes of, of stretching, breathing, and just kind of like getting my mind right. Um, see if I can focus on my thoughts, um, release, release some things that I don't need to be in there. I'm a big, I'm a big per, um, I really like, um, the idea of being the observer of my thoughts and seeing them come and knowing which ones I don't need to react to. Um, and I think that kind of lines me up and then I go through a half hour. Hey, how long have you been sitting? I mean, how long, I mean, that's a form of meditation. How long have you been sitting? How long has that been with you? Um, so off and on for, six, eight years, seven, probably 10 years ago, I kind of tried it. Um, but the last two and a half to three years, it's been, it's been a really big part of kind of what I do on a daily basis. Um, I have to use the five senses to get to that point, uh, focus on the five senses individually. Yeah. And then I blend all five senses together. And Usually that calms it down enough for me to be able to then get into my mantra, but it, it takes yep. a little bit. And I think that's where a lot of people get out of meditation when they try because they sit down and that monkey chatter is going to be going insane. Yeah, it's, it's, when, when you first you, do it, the monkey chatter in your brain is going to be going absolutely wild. Yeah, it's it, it's hard, man. I mean, it's it's hard to especially, you know, certain times of the year you got different things going on, you know, uh, car breaks down and all of a sudden now you got to come up next to a couple thousand you weren't expecting like yeah. that thing can keep going in there um i'm just a i'm i'm a big believer in in being able to control my thoughts i feel like it makes me feel healthier yeah. um so yeah i do that and then i go i go like a half hour ish of kind of dumbbell lightweight work body movement stuff um i just feel like it's keeping myself going i'm 40 now so i'm not trying to be <clears throat> i'm not trying to be a model or anything i just want to be healthy um and I think mental health is super important. Um, Did you keep that during the World Cup? Did you stay on your routine? Yeah. yeah. That pretty, helps, pretty close. man. Helps. Pretty close. Yeah. I um, I kind of did it a couple different ways. <clears throat> so typically, like at my house, I'll come, I got my yoga mat, I'll get down on my mat that I kind of, you know, work on. Um, just because of the confines, we couldn't get into anywhere um, in terms of um, like a weight room or anything. Um, I just kind of did it on my bed. I just kind of laid out and just found a spot quiet. 
Um, you know, maybe maybe did a little. Usually, I won't use any type of music. I would probably I would put in some a little bit of light music, earth tones or something like that, um, and just let myself kind of get into it because um, I didn't want to get all. I didn't you know I didn't want to change my I didn't want to change me because then I didn't want to change how I typically react with kids or react in a tense situation. I felt like it was important to kind of keep myself on as much of the program as I could. Yeah. I've been messing around with different frequencies now. So some beta, theta, delta, wave, different stuff, different times of the day just to, to mm. see. I'm always trying to, to mix different things in because I think you kind of get into that routine sometimes. It's the same old, and then you kind of take it for granted. So I right. do try to mix some different things in just to keep it fresh, and then you can always go back to what you were doing. Just I always yeah. try to mix some different stuff in. Yeah, I think it's important, man, and, you know, side side note, like our mental health of our kids right now, yep. man, like if we can find a way to get them. I'm not saying you got to go full blown sheets and have them laid out on the ground every day. And like, you know, I mean, we do that. We got some guys a couple times a week that are laid out. Um, we usually did that on Fridays afterwards as a, as a, you know, we early practice, we did more attention and focus stuff. So mm -hmm. whether it was box breathing with a body scan, yeah. I wanted them seated pre-practice so they weren't vegged out but then after post-practice we would allow them to to veg out sometimes especially we yeah. would do yoga once a week so that was yeah, I mean, that, that was our that, time to be able to veg out yeah that box breathing's huge huge okay. well if it's good enough for the navy seals it's good enough for anybody like if the navy yeah, seals are take, using box breathing anybody should use box breathing to get yeah, your I'll, physiology i'll take back. their i'll take their advice on anything <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they figured, they figured some things out. So the Huberman, yeah. Andrew Huberman's been great. He he, I talked about this a while ago, but he introduced one. It's the double inhale and then it's a slower exhale. That one gets your physiology slowed down. Yeah, very quick. Andrew Huberman, the Huberman Lab podcast for anybody listening in. If you haven't, he takes really complex information and makes it digestible. He he would have been a good professor. He's at Stanford. Yeah. I would have loved to have taken his classes there because he takes really difficult information, makes it simple. Yeah, that's that's the key, right? I mean, you know, even for yourself or for teaching others, right? Like, keep it keep it simple, keep it controlled, right? Don't panic. You've got it. You guys have the same core concepts for orange lutheran every year like your core covenants they stay the same do you do you tweak them as you go yeah so our seniors get to pick a, a bible verse every year um so that's that's a senior thing um they'll come up with a few a few words that come off of that um i mean you walk in our baseball office and it's it's god family academics baseball like and we we preach that um so those are kind of like our four main ones um, in our talkings to the program this year, um, you know, I've been talking about <clears throat> the concept of being an armored soldier and what that means to our guys, right? And it's the, you know, the, the brotherhood, the never quit, we're going to go to the end and whatever happens, we're going to be respectful to those around us. Um, so that's kind of where I'm going with this. We have so many young kids in our program right now. Like, it's so, it's so fun. Like, we're it's got the, we got the clay right now, man. So, um, yeah, we're kind of, you know, God, God, family, academics, baseball, and then, you know, the armored soldier analogy is kind of where we're building right now. Um, yeah. Do your guys' expectations change this year with a younger team? It doesn't, does it? Or it shouldn't, no, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, we've been the number one team in the country and not won it. We have been the not number one team in the country and not won it. Um, you know, it's, it's, our, our goal is really the same, whether it's the talent, the, the known talent or the guys who are about to make their name. Or and I think this, to be honest, should go for, if you are a little league coach, a high school coach, college coach, pro guy, like whatever level you have a player, like your job is to raise them just a little bit. Like my job is to get them ready to go play whatever college this guy's going to go to. Or if he goes off into the medical field, like be ready to be professional enough to do that right? Um, youth, youth coaches, your job is to get them ready to go compete to try and make a high school team, right? Um, you know, a minor league coach's job is to coordinate whatever the hitting program is and see if that guy can hit in the bigs, right? Like that's our ultimately fundamentally as a coach, that's what we're trying to do. Um, so I think if we stay, you know, with a younger group like we have this year, if we can 
stay with that. Hey, we're just trying to get these guys better, right? Um, How do you keep them centered in? I mean, recruiting is so early now. How do you keep those guys centered in on on the process of getting better in high school and not worrying about all the other distractions? It's uh, uh, man, if someone's got if someone's got the answer for that, man, that's a mental health component too. I mean, mean, all that stuff feeds into the mental health piece too. Every time a kid commits from wherever, and you see it on you see it on this thing, we have a guy going, "Man, I haven't committed yet." right and so we we talk a lot i mean we've i don't have the exact numbers in front of me um but you know we can look through a a rolodex of players that were early commits that did not end up where they originally said they were going to go whether it be coaching staff left whether it be you know they didn't end up whatever it might be we're trending with the divorce rates by the way i mean that 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 trends right along with the divorce rates in society yeah i mean it's so we try and tell our guys like, man, just if your path is different than somebody else's, right? If, if you are good enough and you stay humble enough and your mind's right, our connections will get you to play somewhere. Like if you're good at like, that might not be the sec, buddy, you might not be a power five guy, but we can find a place for you to go play if you want to, um, you know, like you have a ton of non-division ones in California that are great. Yeah, I mean, you could go. D ones are great, but you can go down the every level of college baseball in California. You have yeah, great... you're gonna find good ball. You're gonna find good ball, and especially, I mean, JUCO ball in California is finally. I mean, not that it's not been good. My JUCO coaches don't get mad at me, but like it's getting better because of, um, like the transfer portal and everything that's done there, and the the year that the you know the free tra- it's just. Juco baseball now has got these dudes again. It wasn't any different than what I saw. I I went to the California championship. It wasn't different than Enid. It wasn't different than Omaha. It wasn't different than the division three. Like this is the best time for college baseball. It's every level is great. Yeah. I love it. And you want to, some of the campuses we have here that aren't division one schools, man. I mean, it's beautiful. So yeah, I mean, the kids just got to realize like, yeah, we all want, we all want to be a D one D one guy. Right. But sometimes not for division, everybody. Yeah. Sometimes the division two option might be better for you as a player and a person. And so, yeah, there's a lot of talk with that. And, you know, we, we have a little, you know, because of the success Forbes has had here and the players that he's put out out of here, right. Like kids walk in and they, you could see it on some of them. Like I'm here, so I'm supposed to do this. Right, I'm supposed to be the next this, and it's like we gotta do just just be you, yeah. right? Like just be just you're not trying to be the next guy who already came through here, right? You just be you, you play you, right? There's a lot of pressure on the guys that not not just our school, a lot of schools out there that are, you know, successful year in and year out. Kids come in and people in your community when they see the logo, they have an expectation of the type of player that kid is supposed to be. The reality is, man, like. I don't know. We hope we got a bunch of them, but it doesn't happen every year. Right. It just, so it's, it's just back to the mental health side of it. Right. Like the pressures these kids are putting on themselves to, to find that, that it comes from everywhere. Now that's a sad yeah. thing for these kids is it is coming from everywhere. Like yeah. it's the expectations are coming from everywhere. Yeah, they can't get away from it. No. They can't get away from it. All right. What are some final thoughts or something I should have asked that I didn't? No, man, it's, you know, I could just sit here and talk with you all day. Um, no, I think, I think it's just, you know, it's, I'm super, super grateful for the opportunities that I've been given, um, you know, and it's, it's great to, you know, have won some championships at the high school level and, you know, the international level, it's great. But uh, yeah, I just hope that, you know, all of us coaches, we never, we never just start chasing the wins and chasing the rings and, you know, we just keep remembering like why we do what we do, right? Um, I'm not in a classroom, but I consider myself an educator, right? My, I just happen to do it on, on dirt. Um, and our ability to impact these young men, both positively and negatively, like we have to understand like the role that we have in, in these young men's lives or these young ladies' lives, you know, depending on, you know, what you're doing and how you're doing. And, you know, we're, we're, we're modeling things that they don't even realize they are they're grasping yet and it's a it's it's changing who they're going to be in 10 to 15 years and you know if we just chase the we just chase the wins we're going to miss out on the opportunities to to connect with these young people and uh give them an you know a springboard into 
what we know is not an easy path in this life, um, right? I wish everything goes perfectly for everybody, but our reality is that's not the case. Um, and it's, it's okay for us to, to prep these kids for, you know, adversity and build them up when they need it to and constructive criticism over negative criticism, right? We're, we're dealing with a new age of young person. Um, and as much as that sounds as kind of a cop-out, it, it's just our reality right now. Um, parenting's changed a little bit. Um, so kids are changing as our parents are changing. Um, and I think as, as coaches and, you know, coaches and teachers, we got to, we got to respect that and understand that and, you know, change our ways a little bit so we can continue to positively impact the young people. Thanks for your time, RJ. I'm so happy for you, man. It's an unbelievable summer. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm blessed. So happy for Coach Farrell on USA Baseball. USA Baseball had a great summer, sweeping the 12U, 15U, and 18U World Cups. Being close to the Cary Complex, I get a first-hand look at the work that goes into building these championship teams. If you've never been, I would highly recommend getting over to Cary to see the complex. They're in the process of building offices and a player development center. Excited to see the finished product. Thanks again to John Litchfield, Jim Richardson, Zach Hale, and Matt West in the ABCA office for all their help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email, rbrownlee at abca.org, Twitter and TikTok, CoachB underscore ABCA, Instagram, RyanBrownlee17, or direct message me via the MyABCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you.